So today we're just talking mostly about mindset. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. <clears throat> when you know, I made I made a post not too long ago about you know when we talk about changing diets and using glycemic function and the whole big deal and how the most important part of having a trainer or a coach is to maintain mindset function. Mm-hmm. So because you do this a lot in what you do, walk me through kind of how some of that stuff feels for you. You mean when I coach people? Yeah. Um, so I said, I I think I've told you this last time, like a long time back, I started as a trainer, like normal. I did training plans. I did diet plans, but I felt like it wasn't really, it wasn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't really, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I help people, but I had this one client that was really struggling. And I think she was like the turning point for me because I tried to help her and she was really following through. Like she was doing what she was supposed to. She was training, she was eating right. But then it nothing was working for her. And I just started talking to this woman and we were just talking, talking, talking. And it turned out that she had, she went through hell in her life and it was issues in her relationship and it was issues at work and she was abused and it was just a long, just, shit show of things and so I just started talking to her and we were talking for months so I wasn't even focusing on her doing her training and the eating and stuff like you know she had her plan and everything and she was doing what she could but we were just talking and a couple of months later (laughs) because I wasn't telling her what to do it was more just us talking as friends almost and I said well and I, I always like to ask people, even if I talk to, to friends, if I talk to you, if I talk to anybody and you have an issue and you want to just vent to me about it, these days, I don't really try to say, oh my God, I think you should do this. I, I just say this. Okay, so this is what you're going through right now. And if this doesn't change, can you live with that? And people always say no. And I said, there, you have your answer. Yeah. You all, you just answered yourself. You need to change. You need to change something. So she ended up leaving her ex uh moved to a different city got a new house for her and her daughter and got a new job and it was just like it changed her whole life well <clears throat> you know it's always funny when i talk to people it's as if they're like you say like hey could you change this thing you know or is, is life going to carry on you're like no i'm like well then why don't you change it i think the biggest issue is that they just don't people will recognize they need to change but they're so afraid to just go ahead and take action on something like especially something large Mm -hmm. that they need somebody to kind of help them like no you're making the right decision yeah do these things well people are so scared of change uh because you're something is going on and even if it's bad you're afraid of the unknown right right you don't you're afraid of something because you don't know what it is even though you know deep down in your heart that it it could be much better yeah (laughs) and could it be worse i guess yeah but if you're if you're in this position right now and it's just really shitty, is it now worth that risk? I always think I, it is. I think it's so. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's, you know, I, we also look at our lives. I think both of us do this mm-hmm. and it's always the, what can I work on to be better tomorrow? Yeah. And that's, you know, and I guess a lot of people, that's not the given mindset they wake up with. Yeah. And so, you know, that's always been the thing that we, people, people will be stagnant for years. Like I went back mm-hmm. to my old, I went back to Tulsa after 20 years and it hadn't mm. changed at all. And yeah. that was the thing that Isn't was that I was the most sad about. That is that's scary to me when things don't change. Yeah, it was the exact same as I was, was when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was I was 40 years old. And I was just like, no, 
like Frisco's changed a ton, but you know, that's new growth. And that's, that's always the big thing is, but I hang out with, you know, a lot of motivational speakers and I hang out yeah. with, you know, business coaches and I hang out with, you know, professional athletes and stuff like that. So I think that we've all kind of just, when you become, you know, either a motivating force or a champion, mm. you've kind of got the thing down where you're going to, you know, work yourself to the position where you're going to be better every day. Yeah. So I guess I always say for us, I tell people, so I have for my clients, so I give them basically little habits or little homework when it comes to mindset. And I don't want to give people too much. Everyone is individual. Uh, I give them a couple of things at a time that they need to work on. But one thing that is very similar for all of them is that they need to start a morning and a night routine. Basically starting, first of all, to figure out how to even do it, Mm -hmm. I have them write things down. So I said, my sister was just here. I did it with her in person. But so I tell people to take a whiteboard or a paper or a book or whatever the hell you got and start just vomiting out shit. <laughs> like yeah. write things down that you want to achieve, like your dreams, your goals. And it should be mental goals. It should be like uh, work related things. It should be physical items. It should be everything. Like yeah. just write ev- down everything you need and then try to prioritize them. And then you pick your most important things. Cause I don't think you should do too many things at the same time. I like to say maybe pick three things or so. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done for myself. I have a lot of vision, but like, I focus on three at a time. And then you're going to start writing them down as your manifestations. And then every morning, every night, and then same different depending on the person, but you're going to repeat these things. You're going to read them or repeat them in your mind or write them or say them out loud. I say it's different for each person, but repeat this every morning, every night. And it only, it only takes a couple of minutes, but, and then basically for every time you do it, you need to get better at it and maybe change the sentence. And for every time you say it, try to envision yourself where you're already there. So let's say like, okay, you want to have a house. Let's say you have a house. Okay, figure out what do I need to say? So let's say, uh, I'm just making shit up now. Uh, I want to have a big blue house by the beach next, you know, next year. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's go more deep into it. Okay. So I want to have a big blue house on the beach that is already paid for in cash. Yeah. You know, like whatever, like it can be whatever it is for the person. And then for every time you say it, like envision yourself, you're sitting in the house, the blue house on the beach and it's already paid for it, And just think that you're sitting there already. And then you can do this with anything. You can apply yeah. it to absolutely anything. So that's, I have these routines for all of my clients now. And then on top of that, like all Everything, so much thing goes into it. So one thing that I also like to have as a very high priority is self-care. Yeah. So I have all my clients have at least once a week, they have to do something for themselves that makes them feel good mm-hmm. because this all goes into it. And I said, yeah, eating well and exercising and all of it, it all makes your mind better and clearer and function better and everything. But I don't know, like ultimately I would just, because we've come so far in it, I, I wish you could just give it all to somebody at the same time, but you can't. So I take it in, in baby steps. Yeah. I give them a little bit of thing to start at first. And then when they perfected it. So I actually have this is a, a very good client of mine. She's very coachable. Mm-hmm. Some people are not coachable. This woman is very coachable. So she's done amazing with her training, her diet. She really follows everything. And she has her dedicated cheat days and all these things. So I gave her the mindset routine. She's been doing it for months and she sent me a message the other day. I even think I showed it to you. And she said, 
I feel so much better and I'm so focused on the things that matter. I no longer focus on any bullshit. And she even said she has a job that she doesn't necessarily love. And she said, I have to work this weekend, which it doesn't normally do. And she said, and it doesn't even bother me. And I said, oh my God, this is amazing. So it's like, she's there now. So then I applied a new routine to her, which is, so I was like, are you ready for, for another one? Yeah, I said, yeah. because now you got this on in, like, let's do something else. So then I keep adding new things into them like all the time because you have to do things like people always some people are very dedicated and they'll be like okay I don't work out right now and I don't eat according to a meal plan I want to train six days a week and I'm gonna I'm like no you're not no, no you're not how about two yeah yeah no, no you know or I'm gonna drink a gallon of water every day and I'm gonna have zero cheese meals but I don't want you to do that yeah <laughs> you that's know? We're looking for sustainability. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> People always like to do too much at the same time. But I said, that's my my goal. Like I give them little bits and pieces. And as soon as they have perfected something, okay, let's do something else. Well, you know, it's always funny. It's like, I'll start with people. I'm like, okay, what are your goals? And then the amount of people are like, I don't really know. It yeah. is, is staggering yeah. to me. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's figure that out first. Yeah. You know, like exactly. first, we got we to do that first because we got to make sure we manage. I know that things. everybody has them in there. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of, and that's what I said, like, take something to write on. Just start fucking just All of it. Yeah. brain vomiting everything. Just think of anything and everything in the whole world that you want. Well, and the big thing is we're going to do that because people always start doing that. And then they'll go, oh, and this, they're like, no, that's stupid. No, no. no. Write the stupid ones down too. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll filter out the stupid ones later. Nothing. Like, I just need all of the ideas that are in your head, yeah. out of your head onto paper. Yeah. I don't care how the dumb they are. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, you're always going to get some that are just really stupid. And like, you'll write it down and you'll be like, that was dumb. But if I did it this way, it would be good. And so then yeah. you'll write, that's why you write the dumb ones down. Because if yeah. you look at it later, it will spur you to think of something else. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, you know, that is the big thing is, you know, getting your goals down, getting, you know, because without a point to like, we're shooting for this thing. How do we plan how to get to that point? Mm-hmm. And that's always what I tell people is like, without a goal, we have, we can't have a direction. No. So, you know, that's always the big, the big first thing with us is that I'll always try to figure out what their goals are. And then yeah. sometimes people, like you say, they're like, I don't do anything now. And I'm going to do 17 things yeah. next week. And you're like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Or like people are like, I want to do all the things you do. And I'm like, it's taken no. me 43 years yeah. to get here. Like you're, you're not going to do all the stuff. I, I want to achieve a million things too, but I even do it. Like I'm applying the same thing to myself as I do yeah. for my clients. Like I want a lot of things and I do the same thing. I write it all down, but then I prioritize, okay, what is most important to me right now? Because you can't focus on 85 things yeah. at the same time. You yes. can't. Because I used to be that person. And then I read many, many years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I read The One Thing. Have you read the book? I have not. The One Thing. So it's about how to focus on one thing at a time. And I'm, I have ADHD and all this thing. Like I always focus on 85 things at the same time, but it doesn't work, you know? So I read the book and I was like, wow, I really need to start mm. working on this. So I, I still get a little <laughs> sometimes, yeah. like every now and then, but it's very rare and it doesn't I this used to be twenty four seven for me. And yeah. it doesn't even happen every week now that I get like that. Well, when you get really focused on, you know, two or the you can always dig down deep into one goal and fill your entire day with it. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna have two or three, it would be pretty easy to be still really busy working on those mm-hmm. just two or three. So, you know, and that's I I think we I think I have about 
I think I keep about two or three. I don't, I don't yeah. necessarily limit it, but I'm like, I focus on my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's really funny is the mindset piece is as important as it is for normal daily life. It's super hypercritical mm-hmm. for uh, any psychedelic or ketamine work mm-hmm. because you've got to set it up. Cause it's always funny. Cause there's a lot of research and there's a whole big medical group that thinks that, um, and to, to be fair to them, the medication, the ketamine does an amazing amount of the work. However, if you, you have to block it with that mindset, you have to be, okay, what is our intention for doing this? What is the setting we're going into? How is our mindset going to be going in? And then after you get through with it, it's what did I just see and experience? And then how do I then utilize that information to apply to my life? And then how do I feel? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't take, and I like to individualize it for my individual, like my concierge patients, but when you, when you streamline like that, you get a lot more benefit out of it. But again, it's preparing the mindset for the mindset change you get with a psychedelic or a, like a ketamine. So like we mentioned this before, I've never done anything like this, but I said, because I want to recommend it to somebody I love, I do want to, I never want to recommend something I haven't tried. Correct. So that I am going to do it. And I don't know exactly for, it's not a, for a specific reason or a specific issue or anything, but I want to do it. And if I do it, can we document it? Absolutely. We'll walk through it. So we yes. can do we can do a couple of different things if you want. We can mm-hmm. do psilocybin, um, or we can do ketamine, or we could do ketamine one weekend and then do psilocybin another. Because I think once you start understanding, so the thing I like about you is that you have a very strong, driven mind, and you're very, very extremely open to change and getting more viewpoints and in mm-hmm. just exploring that piece. And so you'll do really well with both ketamine and psilocybin. Because what happens in it is the I, me part of it, which we call the ego, mm-hmm. dissolves into it. And so you, you, what we typically look at, and Young talked about this a lot, you have the, you have the, the ego, which mm-hmm. is the I and me, the thing that we typically call ourselves. Then we have the self, which is basically our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then you have a third level, which is the universal subconscious. And this gets into some really cool stuff where the, you know, we're all part of one unit and that type mm-hmm. of thing. But when you dissolve the self, I mean, you dissolve the ego into the self, this is where all your subconscious things are. So any problem that you have that you're dealing with, that maybe you don't even think about, mm-hmm. that's when that comes up. And so that's why it's super important to set the mindset ahead of time of this is the path we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And so when these things come up, this is how we're going to greet them. This mm-hmm. is how we're going to see them. This is how we're going to bring them into our lives. And then as it comes back through and you get done and you reintegrate, it's really, it's a giant, like you see some stuff and you're like, you, you know, if you explain to anybody else, people are like, that is just a random craziness. And you're like, no, that made a lot of sense to me because it's like a dream, right? Like, like a dream yeah. that nobody else would make sense to, but this you're is, like, that makes sense These to me. days, I don't think anything is weird. Nothing. I don't think there's anything that can be weird to me anymore. No, but we will 100% document. And so there's a yeah. couple different ways we can do that. So, um, but yeah. We won't 100% do it. And I'll walk you through the Because the psilocybin deal, especially the first time you do it, you really want a guide to be there to mm-hmm. kind of help you kind of steer back and forth. Because if you, I don't think you would necessarily do this, but there's people like, if you start to kind of curve just a little bit left, right? Wow. Or a little bit towards the negative. Mm-hmm. And then because psilocybin really enhances the direction that your mind's going, mm-hmm. you can push yourself into a really negative space pretty easily. If you don't know how to pull yourself back, uh-huh. if you don't have a guy there to then pull you back. Okay. So, because then it's like, Hey, remember that thing you told me about the puppies and you're like, Oh, puppies. Yeah. And you just cycle oh. back into the happy. 
And so like, that's what the guide, it's not, that, it's not necessarily that easy all the time, but mm-hmm. that's kind of how it goes. But that's that piece of the mindset we've had people get through and just come out and just tell us that it was the greatest experience of their lives, mm-hmm. that the stuff that they were spending time on that wasn't that important, they don't care about it all anymore. Mm-hmm. And the things that were really important, but were kind of on the back burner, they're like, I'm laser focused on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think you would be, yeah, I think you would really. I know what I'm laser focused on, but I'm very curious now. Like what, what this was. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because like I had, when I did mine, because the exact same reason, right? Mm -hmm. Because I talked to, uh, you know, my doc buddy, my doc partner. And I was like, hey, uh," I was like, I got to do this. And he was like, why? What's wrong with you? And I was like, nothing. My life's awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that we can't do this. And I was like, legally we can. I'm like, you know, and so we finally came up. It was like, okay, I have some anxiety. <laughs> and it's funny because we were like joking around about it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess we are a little PTSD. Um, so I found out I had, a, I, I had PTSD because mm-hmm. my heart rate at the time was in the 90s. Uh-huh. And I don't like, I'm not trying to hide any of this, but for like the past 20 years, my heart, my resting heart rate has been in the 90s and nobody can figure out why. Uh-huh. Well, so I do ketamine and the next morning, my heart rate was in the 70s. And it was in the seventies for the, like the is past three months. Men? Um, guess what my resting heart rate is. So, so well for for women, I've seen resting heart rates in the like high end athletes in the forties. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, yeah. So, but for guys, like, so mine. If you got all my sympathetic issues fixed, mine would probably be in the sixties. But that that was how I knew I was broken because it was like my heart rate shouldn't be this high. Yeah, that's a lot. And the only thing I can trace it back to was a car wreck. I was when I was like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've, I know it was high because I, when I first went and did neuro testing, mm-hmm. my neurology teacher like saw it and he was like, are you high? And I was like, no. And he was like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, your heart rate's 90. And he was like, for someone in your shape, it should be 60. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so for like 20 years, that's where it was. And then when I did my ketamine, Yep, I had issues that I didn't I didn't even recognize I had until afterwards, and now my heart's a lot. Oh, I'm sure I have something. Everybody's got something. Yeah, definitely. That's why it was funny because I like- just I just it feels like I'm not saying I think this. It feels like I've been able to work it through. I it feels like I've been able to work everything through that I had, but I am sure that is not the case. Not the case. Well, and that's you know it's funny because that's how I feel too. Because like when I have an issue, like I got mad at somebody the other day, I got angry at. Uh, a family member the other day mm-hmm. and then I walked it through my head and it was like, you're not angry. Mm-hmm. You had the same emotion of, you know, basically longing mm-hmm. for X amount of time. And, you know, you didn't listen to these emotions so that they're now they're presenting as anger. Mm-hmm. And so like that type of stuff, you can start walking back through that. And that's not super difficult to understand or, or grasp. Yeah. But the fun thing is that when you do the ketamine and you do some of these psychedelics, there's things that you didn't even remember from 20 years ago yeah. that pop up and you're like, oh, oh, I remember that now. That was a little stressful. And then it's gone. Yeah. But that's 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 the big thing right now. The one thing that everyone has too much of is stress mm-hmm. and, and psychological trauma. And the, the only way we're going to get through this is if we do a lot of mindset work, therapy work, Mm -hmm. you know, and I really think the psychedelics are going to come in and really help boost that through. We're going to be able to do things with psychedelics that we, you know, you do a little bit of mindset work with them again at the beginning, and then we can hit them with, with the psychedelics. And then your coach, your therapist, whoever can then walk you through the next couple of steps of where you need to go. 
And I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a really big benefit to the things that you and I are doing, mm-hmm. but the things just for mental health in the next couple of years, regardless. So it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. But I, I know I'm super excited about it. I talk about it all the time, but um, um, we'll see. As I like, I, my thing has been the no blow club. Like yeah. I want to help people with gut issues and I want to help people understand nutrition. Mm-hmm. But mindset is here's it. When I picked the name no blow club, I was picking between that and another name that had to do with mind. And I was like, what's going to apply more to people? Yeah. Everyone's bloated, right? Yeah. That's how I picked the name. But to be completely honest, it's almost a 50-50 there. Well, and the, the biggest thing is that when you start looking from a neurologic side, um, the psychedelic, the, the psych, psychiatric or the psychological stress that people get into shuts off. It shifts you into a, uh, into a sympathetic nervous system state and shuts off all the function to your gut. Mm-hmm. So you can't really fix the gut until you fix the mind. Yep. Mind goes first. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it's that's, first. And that, that's, that's always been a big thing for, I think, both yeah. of us. I just don't think we talk about it nearly. Yeah. To. But I think too, as, as I said, like having conversations with people just in general, a lot of people are not there to, to understand that. Yeah. I I don't even know why or how somebody thinks that way, but it is common. Like I said, I, I'm not out and socialize a lot, but when I am out and socializing, I talk a lot Yeah, and I have conversations with people. And it's, it's very common that people don't think that the mindset matters, it, which is. Well, I think a lot of people just go through life without, I don't know if they spend any time on it, yeah. Because every time you talk to somebody, you talk it through them, like those will be like, oh, I don't think it matters that much. You talk to them for five minutes, like, oh, I guess it matters quite a bit. But I just, I don't think that people have put enough thought into, you know, if I just go and do this thing, uh-huh. no matter how I feel or think or look at life, this thing's still going to be the same way. It's still going to uh-huh. be done the same way. And the, the problem is, is that the way you look at stuff, the way that you decide to attack life, the way that you decide to focus yourself on a task, matters tremendously mm-hmm. to your long-term health and to the function of how long it's going to be that you're doing this task. Mm-hmm. You can do the same task 50 times. We still love it. Yeah. Or it can drive you insane. Yeah. It just depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah. As I said, I actually, as I said, I've, I've been thinking this way for many, many years, but it was like this one sentence that actually Tommy, Tommy Vex told me once that everything in life happens for you. Nothing happens to you. And ever since he said that sentence, I have not since that day is that everything in life is either good or it just is. Yeah. There's no positive and negative for me. It's positive And the other thing just is like, so whenever something happens yeah. in my life, that is not a very, it's just not a directly positive thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's a thing. And now we handle it. And that's great. And now I learned something, but I, it's, it's not a bad thing because I learned something. Yeah. So, I mean, it will end up to be a positive thing too. Yeah. And I think all the time you just hear people, Oh, why does this happening to me? Yeah. Because it didn't happen to you, but you just told yourself it did. Yeah. You you put yourself in that position where something's happening to you. Yeah. Not, you know, not either for you or with yeah. you, you know, and it's one of those things that you know, we talk about this, a lot, you know, you either get, you get what you wanted or you got a lesson. And mm-hmm. if you take it that way and you figure out, okay, well, this is how I'm going to be able to fix it in the future. Mm-hmm. Then that's, 
you know, that makes tremendous difference in how you're going to go go about things. Like, so my big thing, and people ask me, they're like, we talk about diet all the time. And people are like, Hey, you run a, you run a 22 to you know, fast. It's like, is that, is that the, like the best way to lose weight? Is that, and I'm like, no, I do it. Cause it's hard. Mm-hmm. The more, the more hard things you choose to do, the easier hard things get to do. Yes. Right. That's, you know, when, when life, if, if you're, if your daily hard is a two or a three and life throws you a five, you are going to get oh, crushed. Yes. But if you're like, hey, my daily life is a four or five hard by my choosing, mm-hmm. then life throws you a five and you're like, I did not enjoy this, mm-hmm. but you can deal with it. Yeah. And so that's, that's, I think, you know, why do we do long fast? Why do we do, like, why do we work out to the point where we can't move? Like, there's all the things that you do mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm going to do these things because they're hard. Yeah. You know, like it was, you know, Ryan set up a whole building your machine deal and it was like, okay, write a best selling book. Okay. I did that. And I did a TED talk and we've done all the other things. And it's just like, you know, you start looking for those things. Where you're like, I never would have thought I could have done this yeah. six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. But then you just decide one, you get in the right mindset, but you get mm-hmm. around the right people, right? Yeah. You, that's, yeah. The yeah. Thing. that's actually one thing I do with my clients. Now I have them think about and questioning the people in their lives. Yes. Because I, I, I tell if, if you're an example, I have a client that, um, her surrounding like to do things that she doesn't necessarily like to do as I don't want to say so anybody knows who it is but she they want to do things that she doesn't necessarily do but she feels like she has to do it and it's repeatedly like this and she doesn't you know she just does it because she feels like she's kind of like an asshole if she doesn't do it and I said to her so if you don't do these things just your friends get annoyed at you yeah yeah they do I said is that a friend yeah what kind of friend is that so I said, I know this sounds crazy, but maybe you should start surrounding yourself. Go to new places. Go find a new fucking restaurant or a new coffee shop or a new gym. Start talking to other people. There are other people out there. Yeah. Because that I am at that point in my life where I've cut out a lot of people out of my life. And if somebody is my friend and it just doesn't, we don't align anymore. I still love you and you're great, but we don't need to hang out anymore. Well, and I always tell people like, cause like when we, I talk about this a lot with people as, as they're, as they're growing up in their company, or they're growing up as, as a person. And they're like, you know, these people don't serve me anymore. They're bringing me down. Yeah. And I'm like, look, like, it's not that you're leaving them or you're leaving, you're cutting them out. Here's basically what happened. You know, your neighbors, right. Mm-hmm. You walked around the block and then you got back to your house mm-hmm. and you were like, I think I'm going to go one more time. Mm-hmm. And they said, I've had enough. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so you had to go on by yourself. Yeah. It wasn't that they were bad. It was their journey was over and yours still had places to exactly. go. And that's what's going on. You're not necessarily cutting people out. You're just like, I'm growing mm-hmm. and I love and respect the fact that you were here for this part of my journey. Yeah. But from here on out, I need to go do something else. Yeah. And we, you get that way a lot with, you know, you'll find like the vaccine thing, I think was a big, big deal. Yes. Because we talked to a lot, like we, we, we had family members who like, we finally had to tell them like, you know, we're not going to do the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You guys can do whatever you want to, but we're kind of done talking about it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that was a big period. I think everybody comes to those things, whether it's, you know, the person you're dating or something like that, and you kind yeah. of just, or the job you get mm-hmm. or where you want to go. Um. It's so funny. One of my friends, her husband's going to be a, a welder. And one of the other parents in the little group thought it was just the, the oh, that was such a, so, so terrible. 
and I, and she was all about how horrible it was until I explained to her how much molders make. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh, okay. And I'm like, how could you be around this person? Like, you know, she's like, this is what I want to do, like with my life. And they're like, well, that's not good. Enough. Even if they didn't make that much money, like what, what? I, I don't know. What is that? I, I don't know. Like, it's not like we need welders a lot. Like, it's it's yeah. not even like, you know, it's not even like, you know, I'm going to sit at home yeah, and do finger paint. Yeah, my friend is a welder, actually. Yeah, they make, yeah, they make good they, money, they, they yeah. do well. So, yeah, like, people always ask me, like, do you want your kids to be doctors? I'm like, no, I want them to be plumbers mm-hmm. or HVAC guys. Because, like, the trades, again, this is a mindset thing. People, people are like, I have to go to college if I want to make any money. The trades are the where it's at right now. Because like for every three plumber, for every every plumber we gain, we lose three. Mm-hmm. And I have several plumbers as patients of mine. Mm-hmm. And it's always funny because they're like, if you're if you have a leak under your hardwood floors mm-hmm. and it's five, it's a thousand dollars for me to come out and work on that, or you'll lose a forty thousand dollar floor, which one do you want? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm gonna pay you the thousand. He's like, Of course you are. He's like, everybody is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I have the wrong job. Mm, well, I think that a lot. I was like, damn, I should have done that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing exactly what makes me happy. So. Well, that, and that's, that is the other thing is, you know, if you can find the thing, if you can find a way to make money off the thing that you really enjoy. I think it's the only way. That's the only way to do it. If somebody, I was like, so something that people tell me all the time is, you know, I, I can work from anywhere I want. I travel wherever I want, whenever I want. And I kind of just, I work when I want to. Yeah. And if I have a day, as I, I love what I do. So I typically always work. But if I have a day and I just don't want to do anything work-related, I can't. Just yeah. skip it. So people always say, oh, Max, I wish I had your life. And I wish I could do that. And, you know, everything is so good. I said, but you can well no i can't because and then this and this and this yeah. reason and i said well you made that choice though like you made that choice to be that and do you want to know what my dream was when i was a kid to be free yeah. that was my number one dream because every day i saw my mom having to she was doing curtains and she was cooking food and she had to do this and she had to do that because my dad was always traveling yeah and my dream was to be free when I was very tiny, I didn't really know what that meant. So I wanted to be a flight attendant because I thought if I was a flight attendant, I would never be home. And then I realized I don't want to be a flight attendant. That was not what it was. But I wanted to be free. And that's what I am now. Very cool. Nothing and then I have changed the profession in which I am free. I've done, I mean, I'm a photographer. I am a coach. And then I compete. And then I soon launching actually a coffee company. And, you know, I do a yeah, lot yeah. of different things. But everything I do, I still maintain that I need to be free. Yeah, because that was my biggest dream of my life. Well, and that's that's one of those things that, you know, that that's also really important to remember, because every once in a while, something's going to come along mm-hmm. and it's going to be like, well, you get something really cool if you sacrifice just a little bit of your dream. And then enough of those things come up. This is what how I see this all the time with people. Yeah. And then they make they, they, it's not a one concession. It's mm-hmm. not like you gave up all your dream all at once. No. People give up on stuff little bits at a time. Yeah. And then three percent, two percent, five percent, and then all of a sudden, you know, they've given up. Yeah. And you kind of have to walk them back through and be like, Do you you see these choices? Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, but and you're like, Well, you know, we can work through these. But what? <laughs> exactly. We can work through these all the time. But you know, if this is really your dream and you're miserable, it's probably because mm-hmm. you're grinding against your purpose. Yeah. If you grind with your purpose, you like, you know, I 
I still get up at four and read medical research every day. And I still love it. Mm-hmm. Like there's more than it, it still happens all the time where it's six o'clock and I'm ready to go, you know, work out with my, my, my oldest. And, uh, but I'm in the middle of an article that it's, I'm really interested in. And so, you know, I've been doing that for a decade, mm-hmm. but that's again, in line with my purpose. And so, you know, that amount of grinding is never going to get tiresome. Yeah. But I think too, like I do, I love working. <laughs> I really freaking love working. I could sometimes when I'm so inspired, I just don't go to bed. <laughs> I just work. And so do you know what my favorite thing is to do like a Friday or Saturday night? People might, you know, go out, whatever the hell they do. I love sitting by my computer and work on all the ideas I have. Well, and that's, you got to get around. Because that. I'm also, I'm bad. I love it. So I love it because I do something that I'm passionate about, but also because I mean, I don't have to do any of this. Nobody's sitting there yeah. and telling me that, oh, I have to work because it's this time of the day now. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to that do something hard. So like every once in a while, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to read an extra hour just because, mm-hmm. and then I'll go to this thing I want to do. Yeah. Right. Because it's like sooner or later, it's going to be the point where like, no, you're going to be pushed up against a deadline and you're going to have to work harder and you're going to have your mind's going to start wandering. You have to be, learn how to bring it back to focus. And so- that's always been one of those things that, again, I'm like, you know what? It's not that big of a sacrifice. Give it, you know, 30 more minutes or give it another hour yeah. just so you'll be ready the next time you need it. Mm-hmm. And that's been a big piece that, you know, I think I've done that I've tried to impart on other people. It's just kind of the focus piece. But mm-hmm. that's always been that's always been helpful for me. Well, I think I like her to actually <clears throat> you talking about the fast before I tell you. So my whole life I've been against fasting. And I've always had this. So why, why, why are you against fasting? No, but I, t- I did the fast. I told you that. I know, like, I know. 42 hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, so my whole life, I've tried before and I always felt not okay. okay. I would have these blood sugar crashes ever since I was a kid. If I didn't eat, I would be on the ground shaking, feels like I'm going to throw up. And I've done, you know, blood work and such in the past. And they would tell me, yeah, you have this blood sugar sensitivity, yada, yada, yada. So I was always against fasting. And I know a lot of people that do it. And I said, you know, for some people, this is perfect. Yep. But I said, so I met somebody that does a lot of per- fasting, right? And we were talking about it a lot. And I was like, fuck, I need to. Like, it's annoying <laughs> to me that I feel so sick if I don't eat. I mean, what if... <laughs> What if shit goes down in the world and we're not getting food? Like, I can't be laying there on the ground shaking. I need to be out hunting, right? So I said, no, I'm really going to try and I'm going to do it like all in here. (laughs) It was actually when I was on the cannabis event last time. Oh, yeah. When I did the speech there. Yeah. And I was thinking because I re-listened to my speech afterwards and I didn't even say um or anything one time. I was like, oh, my God, I did that speech so good. I was like, maybe because I'm fasting. So it's weird. Like. (laughs) your head i felt so bad i was hurting my whole body hurt so bad i'm on the phone with my friend and i was like i don't know this is so weird i said i'm in pain and i mean pain like my chest i'm having trouble breathing so much it hurts so much but i'm so happy and i'm so (laughs) my head is so clear i'm like this makes no sense you know i'm like i'm in such a good mood right now when i'm walking around and just like "Ah, i hurt so bad Well, so like when I do long fast, like it gets like I don't get I don't get hungry. I do miss the meal though, yeah, in a weird way. Um, but I, yeah, I I feel I feel more in control. I feel like I'm I'm my 
my just my, my abs are tighter. Like I have more functional oh, control. No, I don't get that though. You don't I get swell that? up like a balloon. That's interesting. That's the thing. But so I fast. Do you supplement when you fast or just nothing but water? Um, salt. Yeah. Uh, no, I. I mean, I just did that one time. Yeah. I've done like little shorter things, but I swell up my stomach. I look like I'm pregnant. But at the moment I start eating, it all goes away. So I get very, very swollen and bloated and watery, and like my joints hurt and everything. But it goes right away when I start eating. Because my friend told me that she's like, oh, I fast. And then I look all dry and shredded. I'm like, how? <laughs> I would I would, I would, would actually, I think it'd be interesting to get like a, a continuous glucose monitor on you. Mm-hmm. And kind of like maybe run some, run some yeah. insulin on you as you're doing it. That would be, that would be fun. Insulin. Oh, yeah. So no, people don't pull insulin nearly enough. My God. It is my, uh. It, it you can it's how you it's how you detect and fix diabetes. It's how you mm-hmm. like it's how you fix metabolic syndrome. Like it's all insulin based, and the amount of people like the, people will come in, they'll bring me their labs, and they're like, "My doctor said I'm fine, but I feel miserable and I'm tired and I hurt." And I look at their labs, and I'm like, "Okay." And then I'll go pull their hormones, their insulin, and their you know I'll look for the metabolic stuff, and you know we'll do DNA and stuff like that, and I'll be like, "Okay, here's exactly why you feel like crap." And they're like, uh, and so I was like, well, how come, you know, they didn't pull us? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why they're not pulling their labs are supposed to, but the insulin's the big one. That's what it's one of the ones that you've really got to watch. It tells you a ton about the body. So if we can figure out where your, your insulin is when you're in these fast and when your glucose is, it might be one of those things where we're just like, look, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it this way with this supplementation. Otherwise yeah. you're going to have these crashes. I don't, to me, I don't see a benefit in doing it. I would happily do it once in a while for health reasons. Yep. But in my life and how I do things and my training and my everything I do, I I did it because I wanted to push myself. Well, and so and that was know, all it was. There's a lot of things I think people should do for mindset work. Um, mm-hmm. like for instance, I just like a challenge. And I'm gonna get I'm gonna get crucified for this, but I don't. I have not read research. I understand. Trying to be as nice. I can um, that supports cold plunging in the way that people talk about it mm-hmm. like this, you know, two or three times the calorie burn for the day. If you do, if you oh, do cold yeah. plunge, I'm like, yeah, shit. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. Her, no, I don't know that. I've always heard because I come from Sweden. And when I lived there, I had a, actually an ex-boyfriend that was from way up North where it's cold as shit. And I've always heard this, like, this is, 25 years ago i heard that you know your the body burns more if you're in a very cold climate or something so there might be something to that but if it's actually i heard that thing with the cold plunge too i mean where do they get that from though well i think I so know. so i i would 100 get it if you're mm-hmm. cold right now mm-hmm. you will burn a lot more calories yeah right but the problem i get into is that like so you did a 10 minute cold plunge and you tripled the calories you burned but you were sitting still being cold so you might have burned four extra calories, like, but this, the, I don't know. Oh, like they counted like that. Right. So, but I don't, I mean, if you burn six and then you burn four extra but ones, that's a lot good more. For a promo. Well, and so that, but that's, I don't like, and that's, the, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, I don't, I don't get, I don't get some of that stuff. So, you know, yeah. but maybe that's. I mean, pushing has a lot of benefits. I don't know if that's the one I would push for. Well, and so like, I like, I like 
I like some of that stuff for a lot of reasons. My number one reason is always going to be if you decide to wake up in the morning and do something that is horribly miserable for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of mental gain out of that. And that is going to be by far, I don't care what we want to talk about chemistry because I'm a a neuro, I'm a guy, I'm a mind guy. That type of thing, the consistency of choosing to be miserable for a benefit that you're going to get deleted down the road is I think the best part of that whole thing. Yeah. I don't have a cold punch, so I did. I hate cold. I swear, I've always said my whole life. I swear, I'm like allergic to cold. Yeah. My body just shuts down. It's like I'm not even cold. It's like I'm dead. Yeah. I don't do well in cold. So the first time ever, which is only a couple of years ago, I tried like a cryo session. All right. I thought I was not gonna make it out. <laughs> I really thought that. And then I was done, and I was like, my whole nose had like just together. I couldn't breathe, and I was like, oh my god, I can't like this. And I was like, what the fuck, Max? I was like, this, you know, this, like, people do this shit. Like, I gotta be able to do it. <laughs> so then I think I went there the next time. I was like, I'm gonna do it again. This is only like two days later or something. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna fucking do it. And, it's, and I remember I walked in and I did like twice the time and it wasn't even that bad. And then I walked out and I was like, huh. I can do this shit. <laughs> and then after that, I've done it so many times. I swear, I go into that cold plunge and I just, tell myself this is fucking nothing and then i just sit there and i'm like i was sitting at my friend's house and she's like you're just sitting there like nothing and just talking and like i was like i can't even feel this thing anymore it's i mean it's i said it's all mental well and so that and so like i said so i love it for mental but from the chemistry set but i just like so back to kind of the fasting thing i don't think this goes back to the whole everybody's chemistry is different. I don't think fasting is as beneficial for everybody as everybody says it is. No. So like, I think it's wildly beneficial for fat burning people. So your, ec- mm-hmm. your endomorphs, your meso endos, your, your, maybe your mesos as, are pretty solid. As far as like uh virus and stuff like for healing. Um. So if you are sick with, <clears throat> ah, so the adrenaline rush, you know what? I'm not I'm not opposed to cold plunging when you're sick. Oh wait, gonna... no, we're talking about the fasting now, right? Oh, sorry. Oh. Fasting. Um so again, I if you're sick, you need to feed your body m- more so nutrients than with than with calories necessarily. But um now if you're sick with like a like a like a flu, if you're if you're you know, if you're not hungry, you don't have to eat, but you I wouldn't be fasting while you have the flu. Um, but if you, there's a lot of bacteria, there's a lot of like gut stuff that there's a lot of yeast stuff that just not eating in fasting and keeping everything out of the, all the chemistry out is a really easy way to purge things out. Mm-hmm. So it depends on, it depends on which issue you have, mm-hmm. why you're sick, quote unquote, why you're feeling bad um, as to, whether or not you know that would be great i really like it for when we have gallbladder issues which are usually liver issues or not really gallbladder issues so if you can fast for a couple of days and we can pump you full of um, methylated b vitamins specifically methylated six mm-hmm. <clears throat> and keep everything clean it helps clean the liver out a little bit faster because it gives it a chance to kind of catch up yeah but um yeah i don't know like the idea that you should always fast when you're sick i've, I've read that and i'm like yeah i'm not a big fan of that well i have somebody i know that had covid right. and fasted for like two days and then was basically okay then this is like a healthy person anyway it's not an av- regular average person 
Yeah, I would definitely not. I would not specifically fast for COVID. Um, COVID's a vascular issue, and you've got to keep nutrient function high um, when you're when you're when you're in a hypoxic state. Because here's the, so here's the problem, right? So you look at like epileptics, and so when they have sleep apnea, which a lot of them do, and nobody ever gets checks for it. Um, when they when so they have that every day, so they have hypoxia issues all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and COVID's going to give you hypoxia issues. Um, however, when they then don't eat right and don't get enough sleep, they have a seizure. So yes. if you've okay. got if you've got something depressing your system, like like a virus, to say COVID, specifically in the oxygen category, the last thing you want to do is restrict any creation of ATP or any creation of nutrient or, or any any uh, glucose crashes. That'll that'll be really really bad for you all the way across the body. So because when you start when you have energy issues or glucose shock issues, it shocks the entire system. And so the things that are trying to fight the the virus, it's going to shock them too. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, I would kind of, I would probably want to just feed properly while you're. Well, yeah. While you're I mean, personally, that's what I would do. If I don't, first of all, I don't get sick. <laughs> but if I had anything, I would be any even more perfect with my with my meals. Well, and that's you know, and I'm, I was talk, I've talked to people all the time who think taking supplements during fasting makes it no longer fasting and i guess it depends what kind of supplements but and you know just you know, b vitamins and stuff like that yeah. like I, I can kind of understand if you're taking omega-3 fatty acids you're like well that's oil and you know yeah i'm a so this kind of this gets you down into the fasting thing is i am a, a glycemic change person mm-hmm. if you do any if you consume anything that will affect a glycemic change at all then you've broken your fast mm-hmm so, uh, which is why you can do bone broth and why you can do water and coffee and tea and stuff like that, um, which have obviously nutrients and lots of those things have a little bit of calories, but they don't change your glycemic function. So mm-hmm. they don't actually break your fast. Uh-huh. Um, and I always think it's funny cause like I have people who I argue with and they're like, well, you can do bone broth, but you can't do supplements. I'm like, what about like collagen supplements? They're like, nope, no supplements. I'm like, the reason that you're consuming the bone broth is for the amino acids that's in the collagen, mm-hmm. the same reason I'm taking collagen supplementation. And they're like, oh, well, it's just different. I'm like, okay. But so, <laughs> but then the thing is, is that I just in that statement, I pissed off a hundred different uh, fasting people, mm-hmm. right? Because like everybody thinks that the way that they do it is the only way to do it. But where did they learn this from? Where I did they know. Know? Well, the other thing is, it's the philosophy thing, right? Because I'm like, your body needs two things. They need calories and they need nutrients. And the idea of, well, we'll just work off the stored nutrients. Mm-hmm. Well, one of, first of all, how do you know you have stored nutrients? Like our food is so trash. And unless you supplement heavily every day, you probably don't have anything stored up. Yeah. And so you're just going to go without. So you're going to have no calories and no nutrition. And so I don't understand how that's a beneficial function. <laughs> So like when we, like when I do it, like for endos, it is the easiest way to cut. Like you get into a ketotic state as an endomorph and you just give yourself some supplementation and fast for four or five days and it's just gone. And so like, that's the fastest way for guys like me to lose fat. Mm -hmm. Um, But you've got to do it right. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't do it right, you're going to be miserable, but you know, and it's going to hurt you. But again, it's, you know, who is doing it? What is the goal we're going for? Mm -hmm. And then how do we apply that goal to their chemistry to make their body get where we want to go? So what is the sense we're talking about the body types now? What would be the, according to you, 
the best way for an ectomorph like me to lose fat. To lose fat? Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I know what I do, but <laughs> you guys have the hardest time keeping. So if you weren't, if yeah. so we're okay. So we're talking about let's talk about something. I want to lose here. muscle. Right. So if you don't want to lose any muscle, do you want to shred out, right? For a contest or something like that. So um what I would do, so so ectomorphs are extremely tight with their glycemic function. So I would you can you can cut the glycemic function down just a skosh, but keep the calories where they are. Even even the carbohydrate load the same, but just swap foods out so you have a lower set of your glycemic function. And that should shred you out really, really easily. You said so I mean, what I do when I'm on prep, I don't really cut the calories that's yeah. not what i do i just get extremely precise with the exact foods and i eat the same freaking thing all the time there is no flexible fucking nothing no nope. and that's so i said I'm, I'm eating the same calories up until i am only weeks out yeah well and that's that's you know I, I and it's, this- it's just like magic happens it's it's only i said if i would actually cut a little bit sooner i'd probably drop faster but if i it's like I'm here and I don't change anything and I don't change anything and I don't change it. And all the weight just comes off. Yeah. And I didn't change anything. <laughs> Literally, like I just well, kept being consistent. Yeah, you, you keep dialing it just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then it just all yeah. comes off. Yeah. But the problem that we get with ectomorphs, and we, you and I have this conversation a couple of times, is privately, is that uh, you've got to be real careful that you're not going to take off too much. Yeah. Because yes. it'll all fall off. Yes. And so you're like you're tinkering with it and it's just like, yeah. oh, I just lost five pounds. Like yep. that was not what we were trying to do. But the yeah. biggest thing is, is that, so when you look at somebody who's in a highly glucose fed state, mm-hmm. like an ectomorph, and we're trying not to lose uh, muscle mass, mm-hmm. the number one thing you've got to do is flood the body with loose, easy proteins like collagen. There's mm-hmm. others, but like, mm-hmm. like collagen. And the reason for that is because the reason your body breaks down your muscle tissue mm-hmm. is to use it through gluconeogenesis to create more sugar. Mm-hmm. to run your body so if you give it loose base protein so we can use those amino acids to go back through the system you know extra lactate and stuff like that so it can it can break that stuff down instead of breaking your muscle tissues down then that's how we maintain mass during a fast that's how we maintain mass you know in someone like yourself when we're cutting because mm-hmm. we have to really because you can't be like well just increase you know eat four more steaks well that's that's I can't do that because we have to shrink the organs too to make everything yeah. smaller. So the collagen comes in and plays a really great role. Those loose, those loose bound proteins work really, really well for that. Mm-hmm. So that should be a whole other its own podcast. I didn't, it sure, but it, the, the science of it's funny because I tell everybody all the time is it's chemistry over calories as far as weight loss goes. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because it's you know I always you know look at the DNA first you know and that's going to give you that's going to be what the DNA really does is it gives you a really good job of a viewpoint of where your somatotype is. Mm-hmm. And then once you can dial that somatotype in really well, that's going to give you your macro set. Mm-hmm. Then you look at all the hormone function and then you can kind of go back down and say, okay, now what other weird things do we have? This is where we start playing with mental stuff. This is where we start playing with, you know, you need more manganese, you need more of this or that. And we start really dialing it in. But if you do those first, just the, just basically the somatotype and the hormones, 85% of people are going to get where they want to go. Like you're, you're going to have the, you're going to have the guys who are like, I want to be on stage where you got to do more stuff. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people, if you just figure out those two things, easy peasy. 